this week's episode of I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members, I have the privilege of interviewing Roxy Jurdy, President and CEO, Community Foundation of Sarasota County since 2011. Roxy runs one of the largest community foundations in the state, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Roxy Jurdy. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Corley. Just wanted to let you know we are now sending out a weekly, very brief newsletter tips, tricks, pointers to nonprofit executives. That includes both board members and CEOs, executive directors. If you're interested in receiving this, please go to thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter and you can sign up. Once again, that's thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter. Well, I'm excited today to interview Roxy Jurdy, the CEO of the Community Foundation for Sarasota County. Roxy's been in the area for quite some time. We've become friends and I've just watched with great admiration as she's led that organization. So Roxy, if you would, the audience always likes to know who you are. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came about your career trajectory to becoming the CEO of the Community Foundation for Sarasota County? Um, Well, thank you, Michael. And I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, have this chat with you. So thank you for the invitation to do this. I um, did not set out in life to be the president and CEO of a community foundation. Um, I started my career in business. I was a business major and um, worked in retailing, uh, banking, went back and got an MBA in finance and organizational behavior, undergrad degree in marketing and management. Um, And from there, I went to work at Hallmark Cards, which is headquartered in Kansas City, where I was living. And um, I was fortunate to be at Hallmark, really at a zenith, when um, people were buying a lot of cards. Um, So uh, this was in the 80s into the 90s, and I just had a marvelous experience at Hallmark and uh, different departments and where I worked there. And I ended up leaving there, and I myself was a consultant for a while, and then uh, worked at a candle company, was a marketing director. Um, and product development. And then I did find my way into the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation when I was doing consulting work. And they asked me to develop and launch something that we call here the Giving Partner. So my work in the Community Foundation world was as a consultant, and they eventually um, asked me if I would join the team to lead this effort as a uh, employee versus a consultant. So that began my um, tenure at the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation. Um, my work with nonprofits had really been on boards. I'd been on a number of boards in Kansas City and had chaired many. And um, so my foray has I was developing a nonprofit database was really seen from the governance side of things. And it was great to get the deeper understanding and workings of not only the funding and revenue for nonprofits, but also how they do their work. And, and so take us through. So you, 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 or you're at the uh, Kansas City Community Foundation and you have a, a career pathway there, but somehow you end up in Sarasota, Florida. Well, it was interesting because I um, really loved working at the Greater Kansas City Community Foundation. It's the third, fourth largest community foundation in the country. We were over in the billions in assets, which is one measure of a foundation. Ultimately, what those dollars do is the measure of the effectiveness of a foundation. But um, so I was working at one of the largest, most innovative community foundations in the country. Um, I was approached by an executive search firm that the community foundation had hired to um, 
find the next CEO after my predecessor, the first CEO, uh, Stuart Stearns, had retired. So in our 43 years, I'm the second CEO, which to me speaks much to not only the board, but um, some staying power in leading this foundation. Well, indeed. And now I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity. You did not mention your undergraduate schooling and your alma mater because you are the biggest fan I think I've ever come across <laughs> for this org for this university. So where did you go to undergrad, Roxy? <laughs> Mr. Tennessee, um, I went to the University of Iowa. So I'm an Iowa Hawkeye. And fortunately, um, I didn't date my husband in college, but he also went to Iowa. So um, it's wonderful having a... Um, a marriage that we're both from the same alma mater and avid fans. So it's been really fun through the years that we really both are big fans. And um, I will share with you when I was approached about the job here, we were not Florida people. I knew Sarasota was in Florida. I had no idea where it was, which tells you I have never had never been here. And I had no intention of moving. We had season football tickets to Iowa games and um, anyway, I, they just convinced me just come and I thought, well, okay, I'll come. And truly what this board did and their search for a new CEO and how they wanted to move this foundation forward and the thoughtfulness they put into that was really compelling to me. And, um, given I was at the, um, uh, later stages of my career, um, it felt like it could just be a really wonderful opportunity. And um, I, so guess what? <laughs> I came and here I am 12 years later. And do you still have those season tickets for <laughs> Iowa football? Right. <laughs> a, little, a little far away to travel, but it's not unusual, ladies and gentlemen, to see Roxy and Mike sporting their, their black and gold around town, especially on Saturdays in the fall. So Roxy, a question I had a number of years ago when I was in business is you drive by the community foundation, you're like, you scratch your head, well, what is a community foundation? How do you explain what a community foundation does? Well, it can be confusing to people because they may think of the Gates, the Ford Foundation, or other foundations that you hear. Uh, however, community foundations are, um, we're our, a public charity. We are a nonprofit. We generally support a geographic area. You will he often hear community foundations have a name, much like we do, the Community Foundation of Sarasota County, although the Manatee Community Foundation is a, what we call a supporting organization, a sister foundation. Um, and we also support DeSoto and things in Charlotte County. However, primarily we're supporting Sarasota County. So we are a vehicle, if you will, a nonprofit that allows individuals to do charitable giving through us. So we have different products, if you will, from the business world that I came from, different types of, we call them funds, to meet the needs of a donor. And we also work extensively with donors that wanted to have a legacy. If they have a passion, a desire, and they would like part of their wealth estate to do good for generations to come, they will set it up endowed funds with us. So a lot of what we do is very relationship, get to know people, listen, what do you care about? We know community. How can we be a resource to connect what they want to achieve with their charitable dollars with the right kind of giving plan and investment plan to do that? We're publicly supported. So we do we work a lot with individuals. We also believe it's important that we have opportunities for the community to give. 
So we are the infrastructure for season of sharing, holiday giving, with um, keeping people in their homes so they don't become homeless that we've done for 23 years. We also do giving challenges, 24 hours of giving. Minimum donation is $25. Thanks to generous support from our friends at the Patterson Foundation, we have mega successful giving challenges. But I share that because we're an entity that not only works with individuals and their giving, but we also want to ensure everyone feels our we love to say you can be the one to make an impact on another life and cause your community. So we're, we're broadly focused in that way and that we do want everyone to feel there is a place for them to be charitable. Well, and, I, and I've seen that firsthand and y'all do a remarkable job on that donor side and, and giving everybody an opportunity to be a philanthropist, a, a donor. And, and, and to anybody listening, really, you don't have to be the multi-multi-millionaire your $25 can make a difference, and uh, Community Foundation of Sarasota County proves that all the, all the time. Roxy, now let's, let's look on the other side of the coin, if that's a fair analogy, is now the, the nonprofits and the work you all do with nonprofits and understanding those. Can you talk a little bit about the Community Foundation's role with the nonprofit sector? Absolutely. Uh, we really do so much based on uh, the giving partner. That is our database that we maintain free of charge, open access of over 800 local nonprofits where they provide information about their operations, uh, the programs that they do to uh, um, accomplish their mission, their board, their, their governance, their finances. So you get a good sense of who the nonprofits are. So um, as we work with our nonprofit partners, the first stop is we want you to create a profile. And even though we're not a humongous metropolitan area, 800, there's more than 800 nonprofits here, but 800 that are doing fairly significant work. Um, so what's great is that we can quickly figure out, well, who's doing work in these areas? And it really allows us to be more effective, but also for the community at large. So we start with, let's get a profile. And we've got some information and data about different sectors. We also provide trainings. So there's opportunities to strengthen nonprofits. We tend to do more group trainings, although right now we are doing a um, over a year long cohort based training that's much more in depth with group and one on one coaching. So, light touch training, there's a place for that, but we also know to stick, it needs to be longer term and have some coaching with it. So, we right now are working with eight black led, black serving nonprofits, primarily in the Newtown area, with a consultant on this uh, Newtown capacity building initiative. So that's really the, an example of trainings will offer both webinars in person to this more in-depth, long-term uh, coaching type of training as well. Now, and I, I think you, and I understand why you answer it that way, but I have a great appreciation for your, your organization's deep understanding of nonprofits. I think of Kirsten Russell and her team under the under community impact. Can you talk a little bit about how how do you understand 800 nonprofits? You know, when, when a donor comes to them and says, I want to donate, how, how do they go about establishing those relationships and understanding? Well, we like to, 
we also support nonprofits with grant dollars. So we typically grant out. Um, so there's financial support. I think I shouldn't forget that, should I? So uh, obviously there is financial support and they're also from all, all sorts of purposes for them, whether they're growing their own capacity or supporting their programming or unrest we call it unrestricted. Um, so we do like, if we have a donor and, um, one example, we love to talk about our two generational initiative or two gen, we do have an opportunity to see the community as a whole. And when you start putting, uh, different nonprofits together for a unified purpose that they aren't necessarily going to self convene to do. And two gen is an excellent example. It's the philosophy more than anything as we work with families with low incomes that want to get to that position of economic stability and prosperity. So we work with kids, particularly kids that um, have the largest achievement gap. And um, we partner with the Patterson Foundation on the Suncoast Campaign for Grade Level Reading to get every, every child reading at the third grade level. We have the same intentionality of working with their parents. So how, let's get those kids on that trajectory to do well in their educational endeavors, starting in elementary before they get to school, ready to learn and in school, as well as working with their parents, often with scholarships for credentials, for um, a, a lot of CNAs, um, but also college degrees, whatever it is that is their interest that they can figure out in their lives that they can do to get to that more stable economic place because they're going to do better and their kids and families are going to do better. So we've got multiple partners that we work with with that ultimate goal. And, and this this is not an easy fix. So the two-gen approach, you're, you know, it, it, me back in the day from the business world, oh, I'll just throw some money at it. Just that, that should be able to be fixed in a year or two. But y'all have been really deeply involved with this for a long time, but but you need to be, right? Societal change is hard. Can you talk a little bit about why, why that type of change is so hard and why the Community Foundation is the right organization to lead that? Well, we can stick with it for one thing. Uh, we're not going away. And a lot of the funding that we have here are from these endowed funds. So we know we have a consistent source of funding. Um, oftentimes, if you have a grant, it might be three years, it, you know, but we know we have consistent funding dedicated to this purpose. I have a fund for single moms. A lot of the families we work with are single moms. We have another one for education. So this has really been a nice um, way to compatible funds by putting them together to you do more. But what the word generation is purposeful when we say two gens, because it is generations. They aren't the first in their families oftentimes. So when you're talking about generational change, wow, you've got to be willing to stick with it and celebrate short-term successes. When we have graduations with our parents or our families, we have a celebration and it's just one step on that road. We'll partner also with a lot of the human services and nonprofits to provide financial literacy training, to provide counseling, to be that support when there's there's bumps along the road. So it it I just had lunch yesterday with six LPNs that we are scholarshipping at Suncoast Technical College. They told their story of their they are trying to work, go to school full time for a year get their kids to school. They got to be there like at 
I mean, I just let one woman, her car had been totaled. Another woman was giving her a ride to, this is life for them. And I sat listening to this as I talked with them. My admiration for their persistence, tenacity, and problem solving. Wow. <laughs> Amen. And, you know, and, and sometimes people just need a break, just need a little help. It, and, you know, that that's a whole nother discussion. But I love hearing that. So I'm curious, is it, did you all decide, do you all decide to tackle on an initiative and then go get funding? Or do donors come to you and say, hey, I'm interested in funding something. Y'all analyze and go, yeah, that's we're willing to go very deep in that issue. Uh, it truly depends uh, it, how significant and long-term we know funding is part of this. And uh, a lot of donors have learned about how we have this two-generational approach, and that has attracted them to work with us. A really good example, we have um, the largest estate gift we've ever received is for dyslexia. And the reason that came to us is because they knew of our work in the campaign for grade level reading. And that is a really good example. This work we're doing with dyslexia, supporting families, not only with, and because I had understood on our campaign for grade level reading that the, how self-esteem is impacted when you can't read, whether it's dyslexia or something else. So it really helped me work with a family that I understood. This is a woman in her early 40s was diagnosed, didn't understand why she had had so many challenges. So we were able to craft a intention or purpose of, yes, we're going to focus on dyslexia, but we're going to address other reading and diagnose reading challenges. So that's a really good example. That bolsters our two-generational work. And because it's two-gen, we knew we needed a component for families. We couldn't just focus on the kids. And a lot of this is teachers helping teachers have the tools to work with students who do have, they learn differently. Dyslexia. But we knew we had to support families. So that is one of the key components of our three-pronged strategy but it fit and bolstered what we were already doing. And so I, I thought that was interesting, your, your largest funding or largest endowment. So this individual says, I, I, I've got some money and I want to solve a problem. But instead of them going directly to a dyslexia group or groups because that, whoa, that's really complex. They come to the, they come to the community foundation and say, help me, help me do good. Yeah. Can you talk and a little they, bit about that? Yeah. Well, and... um Thank you for picking up on that. I love to stress, we are a resource. Let us be your resource. Not only do we know local nonprofits, we work a lot with schools. We also work with government as appropriate. Maybe there's advocacy or policy issues that can help bolster work as well. So how can we be holistic at how we look and we have a seat that we view the entire community so and th th a good example, Michael, the donor passed before we started this initiative, but we spent about a, a couple, year and a half, two years studying dyslexia. I mean, help us figure out, we weren't experts, so um, we spent time learning, gee, how, what, what would make the most sense on how could we accomplish this in the long term? So, and you're right, if you were a single donor by yourself trying to figure all this out, and you don't know the world of grant making or charitable giving and philanthropy. Wow, that's that that that's a full time job. 
Boy, it, it certainly outsource would be. It. They outsource their legacy to us, which is such a privilege. And um, you just every day hope if they're here with you, boy, they're getting it right. Oh, I like that. Outsource the legacy and the legacy gift. That makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting, as you were talking, I'm thinking the role for a community foundation, you've got a, a societal issue. Business isn't going to solve it. That's not business's job. There's interest, not their job. Government, very narrowly focused, governing, you know, government does what government does. So you really are the uber connector convener and can look from on high and, and understand the landscape a little bit. Well, and I, you know, people tend to not self-organize. So we are able to have a role as a convener, not only with our nonprofits, but our donors. We love to bring together uh, topics of interest and do a, a conversation, much like we're in a conversation, we're learning. So we know um, we do a lot for our donors too. We have a third Thursday, every third Thursday of the month, we go to a local nonprofit for a behind the scenes peek at what they're doing. So I mean, that's more one-on-one, -on -one, but also people don't just pick the phone. Well, they do, but they feel safer somewhat with a group and, hey, I'm going to go learn. And if it piques their interest, of course, they're going to support them. But so we see our role, let's introduce, let's be a resource, let's be a convener. Ultimately, how can we, we love, hopefully we're continuing to grow and build the foundation and our assets here. And that allows us to do even more. And it matters what is accomplished, the results from those dollars that we're entrusted with. So that for us, building in many ways this community endowment for generations to come is also part of what a community foundation can do. And by putting together several, we have 1,600 individual funds. Those were people, <laughs> some businesses, but people. But collectively, we can get more done than had they all tried to do that by themselves. So you play a really critical role in the community. You've got an awesome responsibility with all that money under your, really under your purview from an investment perspective, from a management perspective. How are community foundations governed? Can you talk a little bit about the role of the board? I mean, this is really important stuff to represent the public trust. So could you talk about the board? Well, and thank you for using that word public trust because we have a community public board. So it's important to us that we represent the community and what our board looks like. So if you look at our board, we have a variety of um, skill sets, uh, geography, um, interests, um, ethnicity, diversity. So we run to reflect the community that is overseeing this charitable community trusted partner. Um, fiduciary responsibility is primarily, if you look at the what state statutes on how do you govern a nonprofit, who's who's overseeing the piggy bank there and ensuring that it's done with ethical integrity. Um, we manage um, half billion dollars in assets. We have an investment committee. So ensuring that we are being excellent stewards within the guidelines of the state of Florida on charitable assets. So um, Yes, fiduciary, but they also bring with that tremendous integrity and ethics and our values and how they do oversee, are we strategically meeting our mission and do we have resources to do that? And how are they ensuring from a strategic level? They understand their role is strategy, not operations. They've hired me to run the organization. 
Um, obviously, if you're all volunteer, you're running too. But in our case, we have a team of 32 and our staff has a really clear understanding. They are not in the operations, but they are here to provide the strategic direction that we're going, ensuring our fiduciary oversights. And again, I can't stress doing so with um, values that we share and doing so with great ethics and integrity. So we need to make sure our trust and reputation is paramount for us to do our job well. And I'm glad you said that because if I'm a donor and I've, I've let's say I have quite a bit of money and I'm, I'm going to pass away someday, right? And I want to give and I want the confidence and trust that it's going to be deployed in a manner that I prescribe uh, and but but is also can maybe be a little bit flexible as the world changes, you know, directionally, it's as, as I prescribe, uh, but it's going to be there for 10, 20, 30 years and Roxy's not going to run off with it. Right? That's the board's job. Well, and truly just having our audit and so much of it is, yeah, what controls do you have in place as we're managing these millions of dollars and um, transactions that we have? So um, we have um, truly uh, another point. Uh, if you look at our audits, we haven't had a management letter um, for decades. I mean, I, we have clean audits and that's such a testament to our CFO and the pro internal processes that we have in place that we've had clean audits for many, 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 many years. And that's something we're very proud of. Well, that's impressive because when you think about 1,600 funds and then Lord knows how much other activity, that's a heck of a lot to manage. Yeah. Money coming and in and going out. Yeah. Well, think about it, with the giving challenges and season of sharing and the transactions. So you got to get that right. <laughs> Absolutely. When it comes to people's money, you, you certainly do. So, so talk a little bit more about the board. There, we, we've had uh, Deborah Jacobs on. She's a private foundation president and CEO. What, as a board, from a board perspective, how many of those differ between a private foundation and a community foundation? Well, it's interesting. When you look at private foundations, often they're family foundations and family members make up the board. So they do not have the... Um, uh, the guideline that we have, of you got to represent the community. So when it's set up and it's basically one individual, one corporation, one business's money, um, you then get great control over who is on that board. So you will see often they are family members and um, very, very different, obviously, than a community foundation. And, you know, as generations go on for families, that sometimes can be a challenge depending on how they have set up their governance structure. Um, so I, I know with Patterson, the attorneys started that of Miss Dorothy Patterson has the board um, with some guidelines to expand that. But, I mean, we have term limits. It's turning over. And you, I don't think you normally see that in family. I, you see terms, I'm sure, but not that same degree. So not that it's good or bad. If it's a family and the family members are there, they know the values of that family member. So that you can really understand that that structure will work for them versus us. And we have to have public support. We have a public support test to make sure our gifts and contributions are coming from the public. And you don't have public support test at a private foundation. Well, I think that's very fair. And, and I think there's a complexity with community foundations that it, not 
that most private foundations don't have to deal with. I mean, you, you're out raising money. And, and, and really, you're educating donors to help them with their legacy. I'll call it raising money for short, but it's really, I, I know how your team operates. It's, it's really a, a consulting type of relationship. And then you're, you're engaging with nonprofits, trying to help support them both financially, but also by going deep with them, as you have already referenced. And so it's, it's really that type of oversight at the board level is really different and challenging. Well, and how, I mean, we can do a lot of things and some community foundations are very transactional. The donor sets a fund up. This is what I want to have happen. The grants go out versus they take a community leadership role and that costs money. So you have to be willing to allocate your own resources if you want to go beyond. Here's the core administrative functions that we're doing. So just having really bright, smart, community-minded boards, because there's a lot of decisions to make strategically on, like us, do you do a giving challenge? We don't charge anything to do that. It costs money to do that. So, you know, are you willing to do that to benefit our community and find that within the mission? We, our purpose is community impact powered by philanthropy. That's pretty broad. You can fit a lot of things under there. So how to, but it guides us in a North Star. How are we achieving impact with philanthropic dollars? Yeah, very good. Roxy, is there anything else you'd like to share about community foundations that would, would benefit our listeners, many of who are community members, maybe interested in joining a board at some point down, down the road, or maybe working with nonprofits? Well, we love um, partly, particularly because we have the giving partner, we love working with donors on steering them to where interest areas might be and um, helping do introductions for them as well. So I, I think we do have such a wonderful opportunity, particularly in a community like ours. We're growing. We obviously have a large retiree population, and so many of them come here retiring and you know, I really play a little golf and tennis and pickleball, but you know what? Or play bridge or canast or whatever. <laughs> Mejong, but is that it? Um, I'm still working. I'm not doing all that yet. But um, but they want to give back. And we're the size of a community. They can really see they can make a difference. So oh, we are feeling so fortunate to be in a community that people come. They care not only with their money, but their time and their talent, as you say, maybe a board or other things. And they really, for this chapter of their life, so many of them just dive in to philanthropic work between volunteering and all the things we're talking about. So we love those conversations. And that often will turn into, yeah, I want to do my philanthropic giving uh, through you as a resource. And yeah, they do pay an administrative fee, but so many of them realize, you know what, I'm supporting this community at large by supporting you, and we really value that. I think it's really important that we also collaborate with each other. So while we do a lot ourselves, as you know, we partner a lot with um, Patterson, and we work also with Rancic and Selby and Gulf Coast. So uh, we have a, a wealth of foundations here, but while we each have our own areas of focus, we also do partner together. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the this one that's so special about being a community foundation, and just and maybe it's just a Roxy Jerdy thing, but 
a desire to collaborate. No, you cannot solve the problems by yourself. You're gonna ha if you're really gonna make a dent in things, we need to work together. And you all are, are really a safe way to have those discussions and, and allow those interactions. Roxy Jurdy, ladies and gentlemen, President and CEO of the Community Foundation for Sarasota County and diehard Iowa Hawkeye fan. Roxy, thank you so much for, for sharing with us the wisdom of what it means to be a community foundation serving on the board. And thank you for everything you're doing in our community. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Good interview with Roxy Jurdy. Now it's recapping with Reed. And Reed, your three points from this interview with Roxy. So my first point, one of the first things Roxy said was that total dollars are one measurement of a community foundation size. But something that's might even be more important is the actual impact that those dollars are making in the community. Yeah, very fair. Number two. A community foundation is an outlet for an individual's legacy giving. Yeah, if you got some money and you pass away and you want it spent the way you wanted it spent, you can work through a community foundation. And number three. As a community foundation, they can play the role of a convener in organizations across the community. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great role for them because they don't have a dog in a hunt other than the greater good for a, a other people or organizations interested in this topic. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, recapping with Reed after our interview with Roxy Jurdy, President and CEO of Community Foundation, Sarasota County, and diehard Iowa Hawkeyes fan. She will love that. I will 501 see you next week on next week's podcast. <laughs>